Welcome to Mondays with Matt, with Matt Starkey. Start each week fresh with sound financial advice. Grab your coffee and maybe a pen. It's time to kick off your week with Matt. Hey everybody, welcome into Mondays with Matt. Thanks for tuning into the podcast as Matt Starkey and myself talk investing, finance, and retirement. And this week on the podcast, learning through uncommon sense. So we'll see what that's all about in just a second. But first, Matt, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Hey, Mark, I'm doing well this week. And uh, we're just kicking into summer full bore here. We're into June. And um, so we're excited to see where we're headed. Uh, Temperatures are on the rise. And uh, that's that's good news for all of us Michiganders up here. That's true. You know, heading into summer, as you mentioned, uh, not the only thing on the rise is the temperatures, but gas prices. Uh, are certainly on the rise. Highest they've been in seven years and will likely stay that way through the summer, maybe even a little bit more. Uh, Do things like this tend to have any kind of impact, do you think, on uh, your clients or retirees or pre-retirees in general when it comes to travel plans and the holidays, or do you think it's irrelevant? Well, I'm sure under normal circumstances, this does have a, it does seem to have an impact um, when you you pay attention to the local news. But uh, this year, I think with the break of last year's pandemic and people staying at home, I think people are eager to get out and get moving. So I, I, I noticed uh, in the recent headline that travel has increased, um, especially in this last month since things have opened back up. So I don't know if the gas prices are going to be a huge deterrent or not, but um, it sounds like people are getting moving, traveling, and um, I'm going to be doing some traveling myself. So um, yeah. I think that no matter what the gas price, I think we're, you know, people are ready to get on with their lives a little bit and uh, they're going to take those vacations while they can and while you feel good. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think normally it can weigh on people's minds, certainly, but um, we're just itching to do stuff, right? So yeah. yeah, it's funny because we talk about gas prices and this is one of the things I think, okay, this is this, this happens, especially as we get older, you know, everybody's paying attention to your sure. your you know, loose change, right? Every, every little bit matters. Right. But it's funny because people will drive across town for, you know, a savings of uh, five cents a gallon, right? Right, right. You're only going to get 10 gallons in your car or maybe 20 if you got a pickup or something. So, you know, you're saving 50 cents or $1 to go across town to get gas. And then you wait in a long line for a dollar. So I always like to think about the perspective of, well, three cents here and three cents there. It That's does true. add up, does That's make a true. difference, but yep. it's kind of funny. Don't don't waste all your energy trying to save gas price. Right. Well, and I think for a lot of retirees and pre-retirees, though, hopefully they're not doing that unless they just really want to, because if you've got a good plan in place, right, you shouldn't have to, hopefully you're not nickel and diming yourself, right? You're not. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So I always pay attention to the time value of money, you know, or the the monetary value of our time. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. Well, let's jump into our main topic this week, Matt. Some uncommon sense and learning through it. At first glance, a lot of these statements I've got here, they're they're all basic common sense. And they're all things that everybody, as soon as you hear these, you're going to agree with them. But when we look at how we actually behave and people behave with their money, it seems that this quote-unquote common sense is really a bit more uncommon because we tend to do the exact opposite. Even though you're going to listen, folks, right now, and you're going to agree with what I'm going to say, yep. you're going to turn around and do the opposite. Or you have, if you know, guarantee at some point you've done the opposite. So let's talk about some of these, Matt. And you can okay. maybe you know shine some light on why we do these things. Uh, we'll go with the most obvious when it comes to investing. Buy low, sell high. I mean, right? I mean, come on. That's a staple. Everybody knows it. 
we do it to your point with everything. You're driving around trying to find cheaper gas, right? Because you're trying to buy low uh, and get as low a price on the gas as you can do it. Yet when it comes to investing, we almost always panic and do the opposite. Well, Mark, I tend to agree with you on on this. Um, yeah, the the rule is buy when prices are low, sell when prices are high. And uh, I, I frequently use the use a, use an example with clients of Kohl's, the department store. Right. They're, they're, yeah, they always uh, send out these little flyers, and uh, so they have a sale like twenty percent off. And then if you scratch off your magazine, little the you have to take your magazine in, and then they scratch their little thing, and you can get an additional up to 30% more off. Sure. You know, that's, that's 50%. So a lot of people like will take advantage of it. Yeah, absolutely. It's good advertising. It's great for your pocketbook. You know, you save half, you know, 50% or even 30% is a great savings that tends to take a back seat when you're in the stock market and the (laughs) market's kind of funny, isn't it? Like it's really (laughs) humorous how often people will do the opposite. They do the opposite. Yeah. I get, I get, thankfully I've, we've, we go through a lot of, Client education, and um, so when we had coronavirus hit last the last year, um, right March April, we had, right. A, we had like almost a thirty percent drop of the market mm-hmm. in one month in March, mm-hmm. and um, I did get a, maybe four or five phone calls. Um, That's not too had, bad considering. Yeah, yeah, I was really pretty pleased with that, and um, but what happens is we get our emotions and they get the best of us sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like when you drive by, you know, whatever, whatever it is, whatever your weakness might be, but maybe it's going by the ice cream shop and you just got to stop and pull in because your body's telling you, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, when, when the market goes down, our, our, our instinct is to get out of the market. Know, get me out of here right now. Right. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. So, but um, it's absolutely opposite. So keeping in mind this rule will we'll keep your emotions at bay. You want to buy when prices are low. So one of the phone calls of the nervous guy, actually, he ended up putting money in the market at its bottom last year. And uh, he invested more. And he, on that particular investment that he, he made, he made over 100% return in the upswing after, after in less than a year. So, right, right. Nice. The moral of the story is he did buy low, even though he was nervous and emotional. I coached him into, you know, hey, this is not the time to sell. We want to sell when the market's high. Um, well, so- Matt, you hit it right there on the head. You coached him through it. And I think that's a big component of the value that advisors can bring because, again, you you answered the question. It's emotion that does it. We start to panic and go, oh, man, get me out of here before it gets any lower. But with a good, strong plan in place and an advisor, they can say, okay, talk me through. Let's let's talk this through together and see if we can't, you know, kind of solidify this up. And you guys, that's really where a good value comes in because you're helping shore up those feelings, I suppose, right? Yeah, that's absolutely right. And as you alluded to, if you have a plan in place, um, that's where you you really can take heart in having a lot of security and say, okay, if we've had this conversation, you and I have walked through, if you're a client, then you probably don't have a lot of fear surrounding that market because right, right. if you're taking income even, we've set aside some income from your portfolio into something safe, very likely. And because of that, we know that if we have to take income out, we can always tap the safe bucket while the money, while the prices are low in the market, because the market has never crashed and lost all of its value. Unless you own individual stocks, that that's possible. But none of our clients and portfolios own individual 
holdings. And so we're not really scared of the market crashing and my clients losing money. I, that doesn't happen to to us. So um, or never has. And, and thankfully, the market has always gone up and to the right. The other thing people have in the last year been real nervous about is the change of presidents. And we've talked about this on prior podcasts, but mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter who's in office because equities have always performed and companies need to have profits. If they're not profitable, even if taxes rise, they're not around, right? They're not going to stay around. And so they're not going to be also attractive to investors. So companies are striving and, and they do thrive with changes in our market, with changes in the tax laws, because they find better ways to get profitable, more creative ways. And uh, so that's the beauty of having a free market in a free economy, just because we can think of different ways. We can think of new ways. We don't have to be concerned about buy low, sell high. If we're disciplined, if we have a plan, that gives us confidence. Well, you mentioned taxes, so we'll move on to the next one then. So I think we covered that one pretty well. That's another place uh, for uncommon sense. I mean, don't pay more in taxes than you have to. Duh, right? I mean, I think we all subscribe <laughs> to that. I can't imagine anybody standing out on the corner voluntarily going, ooh, ooh, you know, let me pay more in taxes, please, right? So that makes common sense to all of us. We can all agree on that. But yet, many, many, many folks, especially retirees and pre-retirees, end up paying more then maybe they need to because they're not being as tax efficient as they could be by working with an advisor and a CPA and so on and so forth. Yeah, and that's that's really key. The tax planning is one of the one of the things that frequently gets thrown to the side, and and people enjoy the concept of it. I find, but when it comes to understanding it, a lot of people just don't. And so, what you don't understand, you tend to avoid. Mm. And uh, not everybody likes to dig into taxes. I mean, it's it, uh, just the word itself gives me the heebie-jeebies. But, <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, it is so important because, you know, like, for instance, we're working with clients all the time that have to take out required minimum distributions. Mm -hmm. And that's where the IRS says you have to take money out of your IRA every year and pay taxes on it because you we let you defer taxes when you were younger and deduct them. So they'd taken money out. And just for instance, if you give to a, a local house of worship or a charity or a church, and you give a certain amount every year, you can use a tax, a legal loophole called a qualified charitable deduction. And you can gift the money directly to the nonprofit organization, and you don't have to receive it and pay tax on it. But people will often say, ah, oh, it sounds like too much trouble. Well, no, you have to take it out and put it in your bank account anyways. And if you're going to write a check to the Humane Society, you know, or you're going to give it to your local church, and that ends up being a couple, three or 4000 or $10,000 a year or more, um, why not gift it right from your IRA? And you don't have to receive that, that money and pay your tax at 22% or 12% or whatever it is. And then the charity gets more money for the value. So you got to pay attention to these things, folks. Um, even though taxes are one of those subjects that are a little taboo and, and we don't like to touch, uh, your accountant normally is just looking at what happened the last year. So they're working on tax preparation. But if you really want to work on tax planning, let's sit down and have a conversation and find out ways we can save you money in taxes by just changing your behavior a little bit. So again, control your emotions, do the thing that's not 
doesn't sound so pleasant to do. And after you will, you'll have this euphoria that you're saving money. You're not paying the government things that you don't have to. Right, right, yeah. Well, we're talking about these uncommon sense, and, and again, we started with a couple of classics there. But another one, and you could maybe even go back to the first one on this one, but we'll take it from the standpoint of fees. You know, keep costs low. Well, we just got through saying we all look for you know, a good deal, a buy one, get one free, or, uh, you know, pay the lowest price for this, that, or the other. And so we're cognizant of it. But again, with our investments, we're often paying more in fees than we realize because we, I don't know, just don't know, don't take the time, whatever the case is. Well, that's absolutely correct. So keeping costs low in the portfolio is, is simply um, just a matter of taking a measurement. If you have an advisor who's a fiduciary like ourselves, um, we're going to be very transparent with you and we're going to say, okay, this is how much the investment costs. This is how much the management fee is. And this is the, you know, the cost of, of holding or owning this kind of investment it might be an insurance contract. So I think one of the, one of the keys to keeping your costs low is just pay attention, silly. You know, I mean, you gotta, there's a lot of things that go under the radar, um, one of the things that I'm reminded of is, you know, if you carry a balance on a credit card and month by month, eh, a little bit of interest or a small balance, it might seem okay. You know, I'm not Mm going to kill myself or do I really want to take money out of savings and pay that thing off? Um, Well, what happens is when you add up 12 months of that cost and you go and look and you're paying them like 10%, 15%, 20%, why not pay yourself that 10, 15 or 20% and just pay the thing off and stop carrying a balance. Yeah. So a lot of it is just paying attention, you know, keeping your costs low, it equates to more money in your pocket. So if you own an expensive investment, like I like to hit on variable annuities because I think they're one of the most useless products. You can, you can do everything that you want to do um, without all the mortality and expense charges. The only one that I think gets rich on those are the insurance companies. But that's my opinion um, because I see these type of investments all day long. And if you are unsure of what your costs are, definitely schedule a time to sit down. We'll, we'll, we'll cover those and we'll find out, could you be in a better yeah. environment? Because some of those investments can be charging you upwards of 3% a year. So, you know, there goes your 13% return down to 10 or your 10% or, return looks like right, 7. Right, right. And a lot of times, Matt, people get, you hear so many folks say, well, my guy or gal just charges me 1%. And they're really referring to like the advisor fee, for example, and they're not taking into account some of those other hidden fees and things that are in there. And so, yeah, so you got three yep. in this and, you know, and you've got one to your advisor or whatever. Now you got 4% off of that 7% return. Now you're down to three, you know, or whatever. So, yeah, I said I was going to keep this podcast short, but here we are. <laughs> Stories come to mind, right? <laughs> right. So anyways, I just reviewed a variable an annuity that a client had sold by another advisor. And after, was it 10 years, I, she ended up earning... 0.5% return per year and average. 0.5? She might as well just had that in the savings account. She might have as well had it in the savings or a guaranteed fixed annuity that would have paid her like 3% for right. those 10 years or 4% or 5%. So yeah, you got to watch what you're And that's exactly why she was doing it. She was in a high, highly expensive product. And then she had mutual funds inside that highly expensive product that had their own expense of like a percent average. That if you participate in like an income rider or mm-hmm. a guaranteed death benefit, you're paying more for that. So these these contracts a lot of times can add up really really quickly to 
three and a half, four and a half to five percent. Yeah. No, I agree with you. In cost. Yeah, I agree with you. Well, you know, you mentioned something. You mentioned a mutual fund in there, and so that actually is going to walk me into my next one, and we'll make this the last one so we can keep the, the podcast at our normal length here. Uh, and you could go with the grandma-ism, Matt, if you wanted to, of not putting all your eggs in one basket. All our grandmothers say things like that. But if you're talking about, let's say, mutual funds since you brought it up, you know, you, we've seen people walk in the doors of, of and talk with advisors all across the country and stuff. We get emails. And we see things like, oh, you know, I've got... 20 different mutual funds that I got from 10 different companies. So I'm diversified, right? And I think that's a misnomer <laughs> that a lot of people get into. And it also ties back into the keep cost low because you're, you know, you got a lot of cost in that. And most of the time with all those mutual funds, you really have a lot of overlap. Yes. Um, you bring up a couple of good points there. So we'll, we'll, we'll dissect this one. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Um, learning through uncommon sense. Yeah. I mean, a diversification is important. Um, I always like to go back to Ecclesiastes, the biblical principle that show, tells us to put our separate our portion into seven, yes, into eight, because we don't know the, what disaster can come upon the land. Okay. And uh, so if you're diversifying your investment appropriately, that means you own asset classes that are different than one another. So I can own seven different mutual funds that all are large company growth. Right. They're all large cap, I, yeah. And I have no diversification, mm-hmm. even though I have seven different companies. Um, you might it, like now, it when they go up, but you're not going to like it when they go down because they're all going to do it together. Precisely. Yeah. And that's that's really what happened this last quarter. I mean, U.S. large was was doing really well, but all of a sudden now small small companies have come around the first quarter of this year, and actually they're outperforming. And so if you don't have any small companies in your portfolio, mm-hmm. you're not getting the returns of those you, you might still be doing okay with large, but instead of getting the, the heavy growth that you got last quarter from large stocks, um, those have cooled off a little and small companies are starting to heat up. So right. And Matt, that's the, real, we that's, don't, the, we don't know. that's the real point of diversification, right? Because when one sector is underperforming, hopefully you're in another sector that is overperforming and that's and that gives you that ebb and flow, right? That's That's right. And it comes to, it's funny because it's a vicious cycle and right. I dissected this with our investor symposiums, I've, I've gone through this because um, the investor gets frustrated because they, they tend to see what's hot right? And yeah. after it's gotten hot. And so then they start chasing the market, trying to time this, this category, and then they want to get in. Well, it, perfect time to get in is before it gets hot. So although diversification isn't always the sexiest vehicle on the road, <laughs> it, all, it does lend itself to having a good performing portfolio in most cases. Yeah. Um, and on the downside, when the when the entire market goes south, um, having a diversified portfolio also will protect you. It acts as a buffer because the asset categories that are losing the most, mm-hmm. you don't have 100% of your money in those. You have it broken up over several segments. So, you know, the more fixed income that you have, naturally that acts as a buffer. But um you also own small companies. You also own some value in addition to growth. You also own international stocks in addition to U.S. stocks. So it all adds up. But but I love to really explain this to people when they get it because diversification makes a lot of sense. Yeah, as, yeah, yeah. as some of our uh, experts say, diversity. Diversification is your buddy. I, I I love the fact that you just said diversification, not the sexiest vehicle on the road. So it's more like a Chevy Corvair than it is a Chevy Corvette. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> uh, it's closer to the Pacer, the AMC Pacer. <laughs> that's right, the Pacer. Than it that. is to a Ferrari. Well, there you go, yeah. folks. I mean, I think that's going to do it this week. I think we covered this pretty well. Again, a lot of places we can all agree on these things. We know we should buy low and sell high. We know we don't want to pay more in taxes than we have to. We know we should keep costs low. And we know we should be diversified and not have everything in one place. Uh, whether it's a tax bucket or an investment vehicle like a 401k, you need to be diversified. Yet we tend to do these things. And often we do these things because we don't have an advisor to help guide us along the path. So if you need some help and you're not already working with Matt and you know somebody who could benefit from the message, share this with them. Let them know or reach out to Matt at 989-401-2949 for a consultation and a review. 989-401-2949 or stop by the website mattstarkey.com. That's www.mattstarkey.com. Dot com or his main website, Great Lakes Retirement Solutions. It all takes you to the same place, greatlakesretirementsolutions.com. Matt, my friend, I'm going to let you get out of here so we can wrap this one up, but thanks for hanging out with me this week. I appreciate it. Thank you, Mark. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Go fill up your tank and happy trails. <laughs> happy trails. Uh, and watch out for those Corvairs, those Chevy Corvairs. We'll <laughs> see you next time here on Mondays with Matt, with Matt Starkey from Great Lakes Retirement Solutions. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.